Park for a minute while we're discussing the second Jurassic Park sequel, One Minute at a Time. I'm Brad. And Dave. And on this episode, it's all about Minute 81 of Jurassic Park 3. But before we get to that, David, over at Jurassic-Pedia.com, uh, another article here by Trenosaur TJ on uh, a bit of behind the scenes on the United States Marine Corps and uh, the U.S. Navy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the U.S. Navy and the U.S. Marines are something that... Um that have always kind of gone together. The the Navy has always kind of transferred the Marines and the Army and the U.S. Air Force have always been kind of like the Air Force always transported the U.S. Army. Mm. So those two kind of go together and the other two kind of go together. So kind of makes sense here that the Navy and the Marines would show up on Isla Sorna. Yeah. And sort of looking back over film, film history, there's always... Uh... Delta Force, SEALs, all the uh, all those branches of the military sort of, there's some that have specific films about them, some that have more uh, more 80s action films about them, and uh, <laughs> and here here in the Jurassic franchise, um, there it's really the only time apart from the end of Lost World where we get uh, outside military forces involved mm-hmm. in the story. But yeah, a little background here on uh, on both sides and uh, their involvement here at the uh, end of the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, a little bit of history here. Um, like you said, their involvement in the film, and um, just a little kind of footnote here at the bottom. It um, describes how the Navy is like really the main kind of constitutional power that is granted as uh, to the armed forces. Mm. And it's interesting because, um, of course, now we all have the we have the Army, Marines, Navy, and the Air Force. The four main branches of the armed forces and then there's the national guard which does domestic uh issues such as they'll be called they'll be called in say dinosaurs get loose on the mainland <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so um a big thing that was uh worrisome when the country was first formed was a lot of uh, the kind of imperial powers like Spain and Britain and France would hire privateers and pirates to um, legally attack their enemies, basically. Mm. And they would get immunity from from the country they're contracted from if they were to, uh, say, attack, um, like, say, France was at war with Britain they would uh, attack and pillage uh, British ships in the name of France. And so that was kind of something that the U.S. was kind of worried about because piracy of the high seas is also one of the few kind of powers that the Constitution gives Congress the power to fight against. And so that was that was like something that was just a little, little fun fact that uh, I guess we kind of threw in the article about how... Um, the main, the like the in the early days of the United States, our biggest fear was our ships and our navy being attacked by privateers. Mm. Yep, yeah. and it's good just having a little bit of history, mm-hmm. real real history like that that uh, we can put in with the franchise as well. Did you read Malcolm's book? Yeah. So. I, I don't know. I mean, it was kind of preachy. And, and too much chaos. Everything's chaos. It seemed like the guy was kind of high on himself. Well, that's two things that we have in common. All right, Dave, ready to get into minute 81. Yep. 
As we entered the of Jurassic Park 3, everyone was loaded onto the helicopter and were reunited with a bandaged up belly. As we opened on Minute 81, we got a shot of the two Seahawks heading out over the ocean. At the four second mark, we cut inside as Grant tries to bash his hat back into shape. At the 11 second mark, we can hear one of the pilots yell out, What the hell is that? Paul turns to look out the window and we can hear in the background Eric yelling, Dr. Grant, look. At the 17 second mark, we cut outside the helicopters to see three, three pteranodons flying through the sky, past the choppers. As the large animals fly past the choppers, Grant watches them depart. Eric asks, where do you think they're going? Grant replies, I don't know, maybe looking for a new nesting ground. It's a whole new world to them. At the 34 second mark, Amanda comments, I dare him to nest in Enid, Oklahoma. Paul laughs at Amanda's comments, and while looking at her, says, let's go home. It smiles all around the helicopter as Eric laughs. Grant just smiles and puts his hat on as the Jurassic Park theme begins to play. And as we end on minute 81, we pull back outside the choppers as they both draw close to the rescue Navy ships. And this ends minute 81 of Jurassic Park 3. As we continue from uh, into minute 81, uh, the Seahawk flies out over the uh, open ocean towards the ships, and we cut inside as Grant tends to his newly returned hat, um, and that's when he looks across to Eric watching him, and they both smile. <laughs> I'll just go back to... Uh, we mentioned last minute about how this is more of an Indiana Jones moment. Mm-hmm. But... Um, uh, I'm trying to remember which film it was. I think it was when... Uh, Crusade when in or whenever Indy's in the rain and the hat sort of just the brim just completely goes mm-hmm. down and covers the face and everything. Oh yeah, I, that is like indestructible. I mean, <laughs> there's, they, they just do stuff with those with those hats in those movies. That is like, I mean, I beat up my hats. I mean, there I have beater hats, but there's like no way I'd ever let my just let my hat get soaked in the water like that. <laughs> well, that's it. Even though he's only doing a little bit of uh, touching up here on the peak and sort of on the brim as well, I'd imagine what it mm-hmm. would have been like when it came out of the water. And then I'd imagine too when uh, Billy was getting picked up, I don't think the medical staff and that on the chop would be too concerned about the hat, so it'd probably be on the ground getting stood on or, or anything yeah. else. So it, it looks in pretty good condition here for something that spent a good part of the night in the water and uh, and probably not cared cared for a lot afterwards as well. But from up the front of the helicopter, we can hear the pilot say, uh, what the hell is that? And we can see out the window the three Trinodons flying past the helicopter. Uh, Grant yells, Dr. Grant, look. And that's when we cut outside to see the three animals. Um, somewhat CG looking. They don't look too bad here, but yeah. fly past the departing helicopter and we get that JP film start, uh, JP theme start to build again. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I really do like the... Um this ending here where we get the theme uplift and we get the shot of the pteranodons flying through the crowd, through the clouds. I mean, let's face it, in all fairness, they would have just ta- taken the rail gun on the side of those choppers and just started blast them off the aisle, out of the air. But well, I mean, that's not Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah, but mm-hmm. actually it's probably, well, that's probably more Crichton with what we get uh, mm-hmm. in, the, in the original novel and that, but, We'll, uh, we'll return to yeah. that 
in a couple but, of minutes' time because uh, guns mm-hmm. do get pointed at those uh, animals <laughs> in the in the script. But uh, as they fly away, Eric asks Doctor Grant, "Where do you oh, so where do you uh, think they're going?" And Grant, Grant replies rather peacefully, "I don't know, maybe just looking for new nesting grounds, which uh, and it's a whole new world to them, which." I always was sort of um, annoyed that Grant's not more, uh, not caring, but more worried <laughs> that these things mm-hmm. are leaving the island. There's all the terror they've just faced in the avia and all that. There's no, to the pilot, hey, we need to contain them or anything. It's just, uh, life finds a way. <laughs> these killers are out loose <laughs> to attack anything, <laughs> anything they want. And I think the kind of the point of this movie is for Grant to kind of come to terms with his PTSD. And I mean, I know that's not like the main message of the movie. It's kind of more of an underlier. But even in the script, it goes as, uh, in the, um, what was it? A, uh, uh, it's like a, the junior novelization? Or yeah, yeah. The, um, storybook. That was it. Even in the storybook, uh, and the beach, uh, the bullhorn guy uh, gives Grant a phone, and it's Ellie on the other end of the line, and she and she's asked like, "What the hell are you doing there?" <laughs> and Grant says, "Evolving." Mm. So yeah, it's kind well, of him learning to come into the modern age and accept that these things are out there, and he can't change that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and we we sort of get that later with the junior novelization as well. Um, he started the film in Gen Monsters, nothing more, nothing less, and now he's sort mm-hmm. of he's gone back his experience again, and uh, he knows it's uh, it's not really not really true. That's when we cut to a worried-looking Paul and Amanda, and she says, "I dared him to nest in Enid, Oklahoma," which I I don't know, I don't know how I feel about that. About what? I don't I, about her saying I um I dared him to nest in their hometown. I think she was being sarcastic. Yeah, because they didn't really do anything to kill any. So it's not as if um, there's been growth there, and if they come near me, I'll, I'll or near my family, I'll, I'll mm-hmm. do do them over again or anything. But, <laughs> but we do get that smile from Paul as uh, the little bit inspira- inspirational music there plays, and they look at each other, and that's when Paul says, "Let's go home." And mm-hmm. Eric laughs. Grant just smiles and puts his hat on. As uh, that theme kicks in again, and as the minute ends, we cut back outside as the two helicopters continue to fly towards the uh, waiting navy ships, off in the distance. David, that's the uh, that's the minute. Not a lot happening in these last couple of minutes, but uh, anything else on that before we get into the novel and script comparisons? No, I think we're good. All right, in the novel first up because it's the closest to what we see in the film. Uh, Eric nestles himself in between his parents and looks out the window back towards the island. Um, his mind was filled with unanswered questions. He had come here as a boy filled with dreams of adventure. What would uh, what he had experienced had changed him. Could he exist in the world outside world again, or would his dreams be filled with uh, this island for the rest of his life? Which, dude, it's only been eight weeks. <laughs> you're not. Yes, you're going to have some uh, nightmares and that maybe for the first few nights. Um, again, not knowing his full uh, story, what happened to him on the island, but. He survived it. I don't. I don't think there'd be too much PSD there or or anything. It, it, there's a lot of stuff added to that novelization just to fill the pages of uh, self monologuing that, like we do here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think he'll be fine. 
That's when the pilot suddenly yells, hostile, 9 o'clock. Two military men in the uh, cabin snap to action as the Trinidon dropped into view uh, through the window. One of the men yells, uh, one at three o'clock. Oh, one at three, the Marine yelled, and uh, raises his rifle to take careful aim. And that's when Grant uh, yelled no, and he grips the barrel, pointing it away. They are just flying in formation. They think we're one of them. So that's, as you were saying before, <laughs> the mm-hmm. uh, the Marines in the helicopter in the novelization were going to uh, take aim and shoot the uh, Trinidons, but Grant stops them, well, I think, which is, uh, I think is pretty interesting there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric watches, watches as the third animal joins them, and they all uh, fly in a giant V. As horrifying as the creatures were moments ago, they are suddenly beautiful again. So, again, the... Uh, they're not attacking or anything, so they're looking graceful, flying in the air alongside the helicopters. The lead animal peels off, but uh, isn't heading back towards the island. Eric speaks to uh, Alan without shifting his gaze. Trinidons of the Mesozoic could fly over oceans and go from one continent to another. Where do you think they'll go? And that's when we get the uh, dialogue and response from the uh, film. And uh, the stuff with the Kirby's is exactly the same. So into a little bit of extra stuff there with uh, Eric mentioning mm-hmm. that uh, the original animals could fly over oceans. Well, as we know by the uh, by the uh, viral site from the first Jurassic World movie, we know that um, they actually ended up going to Canada and nesting there, where they were just uh, d- taken care of, I guess you could say, by <laughs> Hoskins ACU. Mm. Yeah, we're going to mention it next minute, but uh, the uh, Jurassic Park Adventures book series that comes out after the end of uh, after Jurassic Park Three, the the third book in the series, has them getting to the mainland. Now, I'd love to read that book and see how much they took uh, from that uh, article. I don't, I don't doubt there'd be a character in it called Hoskins, and it might even have some of the um, uh, the sales <laughs> script mm-hmm. notes in it as well, but. Hopefully I can get my hands on those books and give them a bit of a read before we get too far away from Jurassic Park 3. All right, in the uh, script, we're a little bit different here. Um, as the second helicopter touches down to pick up the others, the first helicopter is losing the battle with the Trinodons, even as it climbs higher. The chopper suddenly tips and falls from the sky. It smashes into the trees and a giant fireball erupts up into the sky. So as you were saying last minute, uh, possible that uh, it's lost its rotors here with the animals um, swarming it. There's no mention of the animals still being on the helicopter when it crashed, so I wonder, again, bringing up Maserani's crash, as soon as the uh, animals disable the helicopter there, they pretty much all flee and uh, and let it just fall out of the sky because they're evil, evil creatures. <laughs> um, I know, I mean, they, this ending is so much more explosive than, the, uh, than their ending in the movie, I mean, the, in the movie, they just kind of fly off into the sunset, and here, I mean, they're just basically kamikazing the helicopters. Yeah, yeah. Even, even in novelization, though, too, before with the uh, raptors in the clearing, like, we had the Trinodons there, too, in an epic fight between the uh, the two predators and the people just getting away. So much extra stuff here that uh, could have been in the film, just to, just to pad out runtime a little bit and have a little bit more action here at the end of the film as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but seeing the explosion, the second chopper pilot takes off. Eric, Amanda, and Paul are on board, but Grant is still up the beach running um, as the helicopter passes right over him. Amanda yells to the pilot, you have to go back, we can't leave him. 
and seeing a ladder released by the door, Paul throws the lever um, and a cord and steel ladder unfurls, dragging across the sand. Grant chases after them, uh, catching the rung just as it uh, goes over the water. Behind them, the Trinidons are circling the wreckage of the first chopper and starting to go after the second. I wonder if... Um, I don't know if Sam Neill would have been able to do these stunts <laughs> running after the uh, the cable, the ladder being dragged and that, and maybe we would have had some obvious yeah. stunt double stuff here, especially hanging from the helicopter mm-hmm. as it takes off. That's actually, isn't that the opening to... Um, yeah, it is. <laughs> ...to Fallen Kingdom? Which I re-watched last night for the first time in a year. <laughs> it, uh, it's there. Yeah. Yep, it, it's funny. There is there is some stuff in those mm-hmm. new films that is coming straight out of Jurassic Park for a... Mm-hmm. Buffer by the wind, Grant climbs the ladder up towards the chopper. Uh, Trinidon flies right up behind him trying to take a bite, but uh, catches uh, Grant's shoulder, and that's when Grant starts to spin uh, to the fast... Oh, no, Grant spins to the far side of the ladder, and the Trinidon goes to bite him again, but finds its head caught between the rungs, and as it tries to free itself, it just gets more entangled. And the entire ladder starts to lift, caught by the updraft of the creature's wings. So, again, here Grant's not out of uh, out of trouble. So that animals come in and got stuck in the ladder, and it's not a mosasaur coming out of the water to grab <laughs> grab the uh, rope ladder, but it's um, still a little bit of action here for the end of the film. Up at the pilot, Amanda sees the other Trinidons are heading back to the island, unable unable to keep up. Um, in back, Paul mm-hmm. and Eric get the ladder mechanism to begin to retract. It reels Grant in fast, and uh, it also reels in the Trinidon, which may be caught, but is still pretty dangerous. And then uh, that's when Grant gets up to the side of the door and yells, we have to cut it, find something sharp. Everyone checks the cabin for a knife. Anything sharp. Finally, Grant hands, oh, Eric hands Grant the raptor claw, which we discussed during the minute when we seen that claw. It wouldn't be able to cut anything, being so big <laughs> and bulky. Looking mm-hmm. more like a finger claw for a T-Rex than a, a raptor sickle claw, but um, no mention here of any any other navy or marines on the uh, on the chopper, which it's just them. It's just the people in there. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe all the soldiers were on the other the first chopper that went down, but but then even then, if the Trinodons are swarming it, you'd think they'd be firing at the uh, at the animals, but yeah, no gunshots. But we uh, we see what happens with that raptor claw in the uh, final minute. But uh, that's uh, that's minute eighty two, David. Anything else? No, it's not. That's minute eighty one, David. Anything <laughs> else you wanted to uh, discuss in that before we get out of here for the week? Yeah, I think we're good. All right, lovely. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at lostworldminute.com. The main website is jurassicminutes.wordpress.com, and you can find. The Lost World Minutes and Jurassic Minutes over on Facebook with the uh, pages there. David, where are we on Twitter and Instagram? Uh, Twitter, we are at Jurassic Minute. Uh, Instagram is the Jurassic Minutes Podcast. Some of the worst things imaginable have been done with the best intentions. This is how you make dinosaurs? This is how you play God. If we split up, I'm going with you guys. Dinosaurs lived 65 million years ago. What is left of them is fossilized in the rocks. And it is in the rock 
that real scientists make real discoveries. Now what John Hammond and InGen did at Jurassic Park is create genetically engineered theme park monsters, nothing more and nothing less. Uh, are you saying that you wouldn't want to get onto Isla Sorna and study them if you had the chance? No force on earth or heaven could get me on that island. You're desky. Hello? Charlie! Charlie! Hello? Charlie, take the phone to mommy now! Take the phone to mommy! It's the, it's the dinosaur man!